This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Alabama discussing a murder solved through a DNA genealogy website. Then we'll talk about a body that was found on a dirt road in Mobile. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Yellowhammer State. July 30th, 1999, 17-year-old best friends Tracy Hollett and J.B. Beasley are headed to a field party in Headland. Do you remember those field parties? I didn't go to those, but I'm sure they have. did it? No. You never went to those parties in high school? No. I wasn't a field party girl. Oh, me neither. I was <laughs> having a slumber party with my best friend or something. No, I was totally a field party yeah. girl. I would you be... started the field party. I would be dying of alcohol poisoning somewhere with somebody's stupid <laughs> son that made me do a keg stand because I wanted uh, to be cool. Yeah. No? No. Well, you know what? Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) So it was JB's birthday. And at approximately 10.05 p.m. that night, the two girls left their hometown of Dothan together in JB's black little Mazda car. So Headland was about 10 miles north of where they live, but the girls never arrived at the party. Just after 11.30, the pair turned up in Ozark, It was more than 20 miles northwest of Dothan, where they lived. Okay. So they stopped by a big little convenience store to use a payphone, because this is before everybody had Mm -hmm. cell phones. The store had closed at 11, but a woman named Marilyn Merritt and her daughter had stopped to buy a soda, like out of the machine Mm -hmm. outside. The girls asked for directions on how to get back to Dothan. They're like, we give up. Man, we can't Google find this maps. place. Yes. I couldn't have survived. And a field in the middle of nowhere. No. Yeah. They're like, we give up. We're going back home. So Marilyn tells them how to get back to the highway and where to turn off. Tracy calls her parents from the payphone and tells them, listen, we're lost in Ozark, but we got directions and now we're headed home. Like, she didn't want to miss her curfew and get in trouble. So mm-hmm. she's like, let me call my mom, tell her we're on our way. Miss Merritt and her daughter watched the girls pull out of the parking lot and turn right towards the highway, just as they told her, and it was the last time anyone saw them alive. At 8 o'clock the next morning, JB and Tracy were reported missing by their parents. That's like the worst Mm -hmm. imaginable. You just talk to your kid and then they just didn't show up. They're on their way home. That's awful. It really is. So around the same time, Ozark police officers found a black Mazda parked on Herring Avenue less than a mile from the gas station where the girls were last seen. There's no sign of foul play. Police said they had no idea why the girls stopped on that road. It didn't appear that they were forced off the road. Like there was no, mm-hmm. you know, nothing. They didn't have like a banged up mirror or bumper or anything. And there's mud all over the car and it was almost out of gas the doors were unlocked 
JB's driver's license was on the dash and their purses were inside, but the car keys were missing. There's no sign of the girls anywhere. So they needed to tow the truck back to Dothan because they couldn't drive it. Not that they would because it's right. now evidence. evidence. So while they waited on a tow truck, an investigator on the scene figured out he could open the trunk by the lever inside because apparently they hadn't noticed this yet. And they had been there for six hours at this point and had not opened the trunk. Are you serious? Yes. That? Yes. Uh, hello? Because they were like, we can't open the truck because we don't have key. This is 1999. Okay. Like, I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> 1999. What? Okay. 1999. So he pops the trunk and inside were the bodies of both <gasps> girls. In their own vehicle. Mm-hmm. Oh they had gosh. both been shot execution style. A single nine millimeter gunshot to the head. They were both clothed and there was no obvious signs of a struggle other than a scratch on Tracy's arm and thorns on her pants. Hmm. Her shoes were covered in mud. And from the position of the bodies, it was apparent that she had been stuffed in the trunk first. A nine millimeter shell casing was found on her leg. JB had been shot in the cheek and was noticeably dirty with mud on her shoes. And both girls' pants were wet below the knee. So it's almost like whatever happened to them, they had been running away from somebody or running through the woods trying to get away, which makes my heart drop. It makes me think they saw something they shouldn't or... But then it's like they left in their car. So they would have had to have gotten out of their car. Yeah, that's true. So they had to have been forced out of their car, maybe. That's true. So robbery was ruled out as a motive because the girls' purses and jewelry, money, and credit cards were all inside the car. The only thing missing was JB's keychain that had her car keys on them. It was described as having white block letters spelling hard to get. H-A-R-D, the number two G-E-T, that she most definitely probably got at Gadzooks because that's the 90s. Oh my gosh, I love (laughs) Gadzooks. Yes, I can see this keychain. Oh, I can see their literally. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I know exactly. So it... That's an odd thing to take since the car's there and yeah. they didn't drive the car. And they put so the girls like, in the trunk. Seems like a they memento. Were clearly dead. Or maybe they just, I don't know. They may have threw them as far as they could yeah. in the woods. Yeah. Like, so they delayed them opening the trunk, which is what happened. Yeah. Hmm. So autopsies confirmed that neither girl had been raped. No traces of alcohol or drugs. But two months later, the state crime lab did come back with a report indicating there were some traces of semen on JB's bra, panties, and skin. An unknown palm print was recovered from the lid of the trunk, so the girls had not been killed where the car was parked either. They figured that out. Okay. So here's my question, and this may be a stupid question, and I'm probably going to get people telling me how stupid I am after I asked this, but I don't even want to ask it now. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, obviously there's a way to tell if it was consensual sex or rape. Well, you see what I'm saying? Like if she had, so it says both, neither girls had been raped, but she had semen all over her. 
So could they tell, yes, she just had consensual sex with somebody? Surely. Well, it sounds like it wasn't sex if it was on her, but not That's true. in her. I don't want to sound too no, like, no, crass. No, vulgar. But, yeah. yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It could yeah. be someone, and this is gross, For sure. someone masturbating yeah. at the scene after the fact. Like if it's on her. It happens. Yeah, if it's on her, it could have been something like that. Sure. Or after she had passed or I don't know. Right. If they're not saying it was found in Inside her. her. Yeah. yeah. So at the same time, Tracy Hollett called her mother from a payphone, 28-year-old part-time mechanic Johnny William Barrington told his wife he was going out to buy milk for the couple's two-year-old son. He didn't get home until 1 a.m. He came in upset, and when she asked him what was wrong, he told her his car had been hit by a black truck with Dothan tags near the gas station. Over the next few days, he told several people that he knew something about the murder of those two girls. What? He thought he might know who did it. They told him he needed to go to the police. Duh. So he could collect the reward money, not to help solve the crime, but they were offering a reward. Within a week of the murders, police did announce a nationwide 24-hour hotline to receive tips, and the reward fund grew to over $15,000. The then-Alabama governor announced another $10,000, so $25,000. And he's still not telling them anything? That's, of course, a red flag. Well, on September the 1st, one month after their bodies were found, he goes to the police. A month later? Yes. This led to a four-hour videotaped interview where he ultimately tells six different stories. And in some of them, placing himself at the scene of the crime. According to the police chief, Johnny initially said on the night of the killings, he had seen a black truck speeding away from the area where the girls were found. Finally, he said he picked up a tattooed man he didn't know, and the two drove by the gas station. He said the man who he gave the ride to got out and got in with the two girls. And then he told them to follow him. He said they ended up on Herring Avenue where the man got the girls out of the car. He said he heard two gunshots. And when the man returned, he gave him a ride from the scene and then he went home. Why would the girls follow him and why would any of this have happened? No, doesn't make sense to me at all. So in another version, he confessed that the man he picked up and given the ride to was his neighbor. Police arrest him then and there. They name him as the prime suspect and charge him with two counts of capital murder. But there were problems with his story because he never mentioned any sexually act- sexual activity. They've got semen. Yeah. So where did it come from? Right. The tattooed neighbor had an alibi for the evening, and the DNA from the semen did not match that of Johnny or the neighbor. Really? hmm So he immediately admitted that he had lied about the whole story, just hoping to get the reward money. What in the world? He says, I didn't see anything. I made everything up to get the reward money. He says, the police chief, he said he was there. The police chief said, what made Johnny a suspect? He said he relayed to us about getting girls out of the car. One of the girls ran. The girls were combative. The individual placed the girls in the trunk. Two shots were fired. The gunman comes back to the car. He has something in his hand. Could have possibly been the keychain. Right. And he drove the gunman outside the city, and then he went home. So on September 21st, a preliminary hearing begins. 
and the Alabama Bureau of Investigation agent. So on September 21st, the preliminary hearing began and the Alabama Bureau of Investigation agent Charles Huggins testified that Johnny was able to describe the girl's clothing and other items consistent to the crime. So he saw them. In October 18th bond hearing before the circuit judge, he denied he was involved in the killings, though he had told police he had watched the two 17-year-olds be shot to death by an acquaintance. He told the judge he never picked him up. He didn't see anything. So now he's changing his story. Now he's saying, I, I just made it all up. He said he did go to the BP around 11 to get milk for his son. His friends and family stood by him and said he's innocent. He didn't do it. He's not capable of this. He has Anyone a is. He has a two-year-old son. He would never hurt a child. But Bond was denied. So the police are under intense pressure. To make a r- arrest, Johnny's attorney said the pile of reward money just kept growing and it grew enough to lure Johnny in. They questioned and questioned and questioned him for more than four hours, his attorney said, and it's all on video. And the questions turned from questions to accusations and from accusations to suggestions. It's almost like he's saying the police coerced him yeah. basically which we've seen oh yeah i mean that so many times for sure so many times not impossible johnny had lived in ozark for several years with his wife and son he first went to the police chief several days after the murders to tell him of a rumor he gave the police the name and he was told that the police already checked out this rumor and that man was not a suspect hmm. Several days after the murder, he reportedly said he and his wife and brother-in-law went to the scene where the car was found looking for something that might help police solve the murder. So he went back to the scene Mm -hmm. and took them with him. That's odd. Yeah, that's very odd. Johnny claimed he was tired when he told police his story on September the 1st at the police station And was interviewed for so long that he couldn't go to the bathroom. He couldn't leave at any time. And he said they tricked him into telling a story. So at one hearing, it was reported that Johnny finished the seventh grade and only a portion of the eighth grade and was in special education classes and suffered from a mild form of what they call in court, I'm quoting, mild mental retardation. Johnny's DNA did not match that of the semen found on JV's body and clothing. The judge approved Bond. He was released from jail on December 17th, and in January, they decided not to indict him. He is living in Alabama still. There was no physical evidence linking him to the murders. Police still consider him a suspect and have said he could be charged later if new evidence points to him. There are a few other suspects, too. In the years immediately after the killing, investigators conducted more than 500 interviews, overworked forensic experts, and tested the DNA of more than 70 potential suspects. Wow. So, one of them is a man who was at a party the night of the murders near where the car was found. Test failed to match his DNA that was found on her body and clothing. The man left town within days of the murder. Investigators traveled to Michigan three different times to interview him. 
The man cannot account for three to four hours of his time on that night. And he later made suspicious statements to people. The police will not elaborate on what those statements were. Hmm. Video surveillance camera outside the convenience store caught a grainy image of what appeared to be a small white pickup truck at the gas pumps at the same time that JV and Tracy were outside using the payphone. The store had closed and there was no record of gas purchase at the pump by credit or debit card at that time. So you don't know what the driver was doing there. He wasn't getting gas. Yeah. After releasing the photo of the truck, the media... To the media, a month into the investigation, no one comes forward, and the truck and its driver seem to have disappeared. Mm. So in early March 2000, DNA samples were taken from a man in Jones County, Mississippi, and they were being compared to the samples on her body, but there was no factual evidence to link this man to the murders. The man had been staying with relatives in Ozark, but left two days after the murder. Investigators wanted to question him in connection with the case. He has been extensively interviewed and DNA samples have been obtained and sent to a forensic lab, the police said. But at this time, there's no information connecting him to the case, which makes me go, why did you question him to begin with? Right. It doesn't make any, you just pulled somebody. Mm -hmm. So at the time... So in 2019, Ozark Ooh. Police Chief said the 2018 arrest of alleged Golden State Killer through using genealogy and DNA databases sparked a chain of events that led to the break in this case. The department reached out to Parabon Nanolabs in Virginia. We're familiar with them. Mm -hmm. They specialize in DNA engineering and they identified an extended family member and then asked Coley McCraney to submit a DNA sample that matched the crime scene DNA. Walker said they started the process in August of 2018, and it culminated in his arrest. He was a truck driver who spent time in the military and led a very low-profile and crime-free life until he was taken into custody 20 years after the murder. Wow. He took the stand in his own defense during the week-long trial. A jury convicted him of two counts of capital murder, one count of capital murder rape, mm -hmm. and capital murder of two or more persons, and he was sentenced to life. So this other dude at the very beginning? Yeah. Had really had nothing to do with it, even that though his story me. made no sense. Like, why would you get so entangled in something you had no involvement in? And he kept changing his story. Oh, my, you were everybody red, walking red flag. Everybody thought he was guilty. I would too. If there was no DNA, he would be in prison for uh, murder. Yeah, and yeah, insane. Ugh. So they had previously. He said he had previously met JB. At a, that was the girl, mm -hmm. at a Wiregrass Commons Mall almost two months before the murder, and the two planned to meet up at the Ozark gas station at 10 p.m. on July 31st. When she was late, he went to his mother's house to wait on a call from them, but he never received one. He says after he left his mother's house around 1130 because no one called, he went to head home and his alternator gave out and his car broke down at the same gas station where the two girls were. 
So it just happened to be at the same time. Yes. So after talking to JB for a few minutes, he got in her car and gave the girls directions to Highway 231, after which they stopped at another gas station next to the highway where his semi-truck was parked. He said he and JB had sex in the cab of his truck, and then the girls drove him to his house around 12.45 a.m., and they went their separate ways. Sure. First of all, that timeline doesn't match up to the girl and her mother who gave them directions. And also, you... She supposedly got in your semi with you and had sex with you, and her friend just yeah, stayed in the car. What's she doing? I mean, I like to think that I'm a ride or die friend. That's just kind of odd. But if you want to give Billy Wayne a rub and tug in the sleeper of his big rig, take me home. Yeah, I am not sitting in the car alone in the dark while you live out some redneck fantasy. With your boyfriend, you met at Shoney's. No, ma'am. It's also hard for me to believe she met a trucker at a mall. She's a 17-year-old girl. Well, he's, he's, he's like 18 at this point. Oh, he's young, too. you got to think I'm, back. In my head, I'm thinking. No, no, no. you got to think. Truck, okay. you got to think back. He's like oh. 18, 19, 20. He's young, too. Oh, okay. Because you got to okay. think, 1999. That's been, yeah. girl, I graduated that year. Yeah, I was thinking of just an older truck driver. I mean, he could have been in mean? his early 20s, easily. Okay, okay. that makes to it more believable. To be in his okay. 50s yeah. now. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. Okay. Or, you know, late mm-hmm. 40s, whatever. I don't so, see many 18 to 20-year-old truck drivers. Well, maybe he was like 22, 23. Yeah, no. You know, yeah. like he was young. Yeah. This is 20 mm-hmm. plus years ago. So they said there was never any plan for the, you know, the the prosecutor said there was never any plan for the three to meet and that the girls were simply lost originally and headed back home but stopped to extend their curfew. After phoning the parents at the gas station, the state argued, McCraney appeared with a gun and ordered the victims back into their car. Then prosecutors said the defendant and the girls drove to a second location where he raped Beasley. Didn't show that she was raped. Mm-hmm. In the, you know, I'm just butting in here. Right. Yeah. It didn't show that she was raped. Either yeah. girl was raped. Yeah. So he then put the girls in the trunk of her Mazda and executed them with a single gunshot to the head, and they were found the next morning. And if it was consensual, why'd he kill them? Right. Right. This is just. It's a mess, and it's mm-hmm. every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. These cases are always so heartbreaking and completely senseless. You you just never know when your last Ugh. day or night is going to be. How one thing yeah. can change the course of fate, really. It's scary. To I mean, be a teenage girl is scary. Girl, I think back, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad I survive my teenage years because I you're so trusting you know what I mean it's just right and how many times in any person's life I wonder do you come that close to being in a situation like this that you don't even realize I know I've been in a bazillion situations (laughs) where my ass could have been murdered that's a good tenfold yeah that's something to think about but it's just like one small thing goes wrong and it's 
it's so mm-hmm. it's terrifying now that we're grown-ups and we know better yeah. but to be a kid yeah, yeah. you're right you're you so know. trusting you don't think about anything you don't think about murder that's for well, sure well we don't know for sure what happened yeah did she really know him maybe yeah that's the thing we don't even know if she knew them at all right could have found them and yeah he could have done exactly like i said just been but then but then i think i'm not trying to punch holes in my own damn story <laughs> but then i think the the woman and her daughter that told the cops they they were the last people yeah. they never mentioned any other person the girls got in the car alone from the payphone yeah. and drove off so that punches holes in the prosecution's yeah. case right there. Plus, there was no evidence of a rape, mm-hmm. which makes you go, maybe we do believe his story that it was consensual. Maybe he did meet up with them somewhere and she did go with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know. I don't know. It's terrible. I mean, at least they've solved it somewhat yeah. and got the person right. who's... DNA was yeah. on the body at yeah. least, you know. Still no murder weapon or nothing. Hmm. I mean, anyways. Yeah, that's complicated. We're back, people. We're back. We are back. Oh, boy. New Year, same us. New Year, same us. What's your case about? Oh, man. My case is kind of short because, you know, I have a newborn and I'm he's like, I got to get a shirt. <laughs> no, <as hell. laughs> I'm tired. No. But my case takes place in Mobile, Alabama, and I've been there several times. And fun fact, it's Alabama's only saltwater port, and it's located on the north central Gulf Coast, and it's known for having the oldest organized Mardi Gras in the United States. Really? Before New Orleans. I knew this because I was there, and they were talking about it at some bar once, (laughs) and I was like, what? They have beads all in their trees down their main streets and stuff, too. That's fun. But yeah. Mobile's pretty fun, actually. I was there during Halloween one year. I wouldn't know. So before we get to the crime, I'm going to tell you about Renee Bergeron, who was originally from Marrero, Louisiana. Renee had a big Catholic middle-class family with five siblings, and she had a normal childhood. When she was 16, she got pregnant. And now I'm like, I can't even imagine. Oh, girl. God. I'm 15 Six, years older than that. No. Oh. And her boyfriend, who was the father of the child, died of a brain aneurysm six months after she gave birth. Oh, my God. Is that not the freaking worst thing? You've, I'm heartbreaking. <sighs> she's 16, has a baby, Amanda, and Mm-mm. who she's going to raise this baby with randomly dies. And she did not think she could raise Amanda alone. I mean... God, she's 16 years old. So she sent her to live with her parents in Louisiana, which, I mean, I can understand that. Sure. She's a child herself. In her teenage years, she also started experimenting with drugs. I'm not sure which type of drugs, but she also got into the sex work industry to make a living. When she was 21, she moved to Mobile, Alabama and went by the name Maria Martinez. She lived with a man named Maurice Hill in the Theodore area, and some articles said that it was her boyfriend, so yeah, not 100% sure a roommate-boyfriend, probably romantically involved to some degree, but, right. you know, speculation. So while she was an escort, she enrolled in cosmetology classes, 
She wanted more with her life. And even though she didn't raise her daughter Amanda, she still did really care about her. And she felt terrible for leaving her with her parents. She would save up all of her money and set a portion aside for gifts for Amanda, for Christmas gifts. She would send her cards all the time. And she would visit Amanda and they would ride bikes together, do each other's hair and makeup, watch movies. They would even watch Unsolved Mysteries together. So it's kind of like she didn't get to raise her, but she still wanted her daughter to know, like, I care for you a lot. I'm just not in a place to, you shouldn't be with me, you know? Right. Yeah. At one point, she wrote a letter to her parents in which she thanked them for taking care of Amanda. She expressed her regret for not being able to take care of her. She owned up to all of her mistakes and, you know, wanted her daughter to know she loved her. I wonder why she didn't move back home with her parents. Yeah, I wonder that, too, why she went to Alabama. I don't know. You know. I don't know. On November 14, 1993, investigators in Mobile, Alabama, received information of a possible deceased body lying on the I-10 service road. First responders found a mutilated body of a woman lying unresponsive in a pool of her own blood. Oh, God. And this is graphic. While the body was decapitated, an initial medical examination noted severe injuries all over. She was first beaten. Then a knife was used to mutilate her sex organs. (gasps) No! And her breasts... Stop! ...were completely severed. You always find the stories where they chop a titty off. I don't know. I... That's just, there's something about that that's so... It's just... We have these parts and just thinking about cutting off a breast, like, what's wrong with you? uh, That's beyond murder, by far. You're just completely desecrating someone's body. You're spending a lot of time to mutilate someone. It's... (sighs) So it was so awful. It was hard for police to even identify the body. And remember, she's decapitated. They couldn't find a head. But finally, the next day, they came with search dogs and found the head and used dental records to identify the victim as 27-year-old Renee. And of course, they first questioned Maurice Hill, her roommate or boyfriend, and Maurice was cleared as a suspect. But he told police that the week of her death, she returned from a two-month trip to Texas and Chicago. Damn! I know, where she was modeling and working in clubs. And he said when she returned, she was afraid of something, but she didn't tell him what. Or she have a pimp? I never read anything about a pimp. So you know, she said she was doing sex work, and then now she's she's traveling. an escort. Yeah, it's but it's like if she's in Alabama, she's going to Chicago, Texas. I mean, I guess she's an escort. She may have a rich daddy. That's yeah. It's hard to say her places. And I never read anything that Maurice was a pimp. Right. So I'm not sure. I mean, typically. In this time, they had them, but who knows? There were no leads or witnesses, and the crime scene, shockingly, didn't have much forensic evidence, even though it was just a massacre, and it was difficult to locate any of Renee's acquaintances. So they really couldn't even find her friends or anything to talk to. I don't know how hard they tried, because I'm sure a lot of them are other sex workers, but... So they didn't really talk to anyone yeah, about not it. talking to cops. Yeah. Attorney Rick Williams, who represented Renee, thought the murder might be related to drug abuse. 
since she mixed with, quote, the wrong crowd, and maybe they wanted to make an example out of her. But but that's, that's too much. So dr- mm. No, that's too much. For drugs? Uh-uh. I don't believe that. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be a lot of money or They would have some- shot her in the head. I would think so, they too. They would have mutilated her. I would have thought so, too. Private parts and cut. Uh-uh. Ugh. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any drug dealers. But yeah, I mean, I mean. I may be wrong. Yeah, maybe there are people like this. I mean, ugh. So the police also looked into Renee's children. So she did have other children. But they especially looked into her daughter, Amanda. What? I know. When I read this, I'm like, okay, so she was 10 at the time of her murder, living in Louisiana. <laughs> I'm laughing because it just seems like, what, you think she hired a hitman to kill her mother? She had a mother? good relationship with her mother. She's a 10-year-old little girl. Yeah, and they soon ruled her out as well, a person yeah. of interest. She should have never been a person of interest. Maybe her parents would I know, be more like, likely. Not A 10-year-old girl is not going to... Um, it's unlikely she they could kill anyone unless they got a hold of a gun and knew how to use it. But no, like really, she's definitely not chopping titties off. No, I'm like no. I I couldn't even believe that. So I don't I don't know. Their investigation seemed kind of weird to me. Like they're not finding her friends, but then they're questioning her ten year old daughter that lives in a different state. Uh uh-uh. uh. Whatever. So in December of 1993, Tom Streed, a criminal psychologist who at the time headed the Academy of Justice in San Diego described Renee's killer as a psychosexual predator who would fit into one of two categories. One kind is a more structured, more organized, and manipulative in ways. He goes out selecting, stalking, and victimizing his victim, he said. It seems very sexually motivated. because It does, 100%. organs that were... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, for real. And he noted that the type of killer was looking for privacy, and this type of killer would often take someone to another location, and the other type tends to leave victims where they kill them. So he was saying it's one of two. And Sheriff Tom Purvis said such a gruesome slang is not easily forgotten. The person who killed her really had it in for her, he said. It was a protracted anger, and they wanted to try to mask the identity, and that was one reason for cutting the head off. That was a very angry murder, for sure. That was, I just can't think that was a drug deal gone wrong. No, not at all. I feel like this is, yeah, a psycho killer, honestly. I mean, I don't know. But to this day, the case is unsolved. Something terrible. But if anyone out there... saw Renee or has any information about her death, call to 5157486333. If you want to send an email, go to coldcase at mobilso.com. And the sheriff's office is looking for anyone who worked at the Old Mill, Jerry's Cabaret, Top Gun, or Knott's Landing. There's also an eight-episode investigation podcast called Why Can't We Talk About Amanda's Mom? I just discovered this, so I didn't have time to listen so to it. Sad. Yeah, so she really deep dives in it, deep dives into it. There's eight episodes, and she kind of looks into the investigation itself. Like I said, I didn't listen to them yet, but I'm going to because that sounds very interesting. I mean, I know it's still unsolved, but I wonder what else there is to the story. So. That's awful. It's like, how can such a terrible murder go unsolved and also not happen again? 
You know what I mean? That's like something was, that That seems is, like a serial killer. That's not your first crime. Uh-uh. There's no freaking way. Uh-uh. You're not writing uh-uh. hot checks and going and chopping a titty. No, 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 no. Mm. So. We're back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. I had a baby. She had a baby. We Couldn't had, finish our episodes because I had a baby. We had Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Christmas. Yep. Yeah. I had a birthday. You did? New Year's. All, we, there's holidays have passed. All the holidays. Little baby Anders is here. And he's he is. so cute and small and grunty. There were some grunts in the beginning before I handed him off to Samuel. So if you heard some sweet little noises. It's cute. It's not, my, it's not my stomach growling. It's not. It's <laughs> no, yeah. I Thanksgiving, I remember talking about how I hope I don't have this baby in Mountain Home. And then... The next day after we got back is when I started having some weird side effects like headache, nausea, seeing spots, and my blood pressure was high. And Sam was like, call your doctor. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to. And then she's like, Come go to, to triage. And so I'm there thinking, oh, my gosh. He's like, go to the hospital. You're like, I'm having weird vision stuff. He's like, drive yourself. <laughs> Just drive, drive yourself to the he hospital. Met me there. And then they took my blood pressure and stuff and they took my urine. And she walks in. She's like. We're having this baby. You have preeclampsia. And I'm like, what? Uh uh-uh, uh. I have stuff to do. I'm 37 weeks pregnant. I have weeks. Exactly. Have weeks to spend. No, I was the same way. I was 37 <sighs> weeks with Max. I had shit to do. I know. That's how I'm like, no. My water broke at home. I wouldn't drive because I was like, oh my God, my water broke. So my baby's going to come out. No. 14 hours later, he came out. I could have <sighs> totally drove myself. Man. And my biggest regret, to be honest, is. I didn't eat anything beforehand. I was just going to say, did you I eat? woke up from a nap and that's when the doctor called me. She woke me up and she's like, come on, come on in. I'm like, okay. I truly didn't think I was going to be admitted, but I don't even think I've told you this. I can't remember when they were checking me and everything. I was already dilated before they induced me. Well, so technically I wasn't induced. My, I was dilated almost to three. Uh-huh. And my water broke. Bef- they didn't have to break my water. Your water broke on its own? Not before I was checked in. It broke sometime after I was. Yeah. I didn't feel it because I already had my epidural at that point. Girl. I got that thing first thing. You're first so things funny. first. Well, okay. I don't want to talk for a year about All this. All the men have left the podcast. <laughs> it gets real interesting. So I'm going in and it's like. At night at this point, it takes forever. Yeah. So there's one doctor. Of course, it's a dude. The nurse is a dude. I'm like, of course, I have every dude in here. And, and he's <laughs> Not like, a dude. <laughs> let me do a cervical check on you. I'm like, all right. I haven't had one yet. So I'm like, let's do this. Get down there. And I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. What did I tell you was the worst thing before? Cervical exam. Exactly. And some women have said it doesn't bother them at all. And I've read other women say that that was worse than labor. It is fucking awful and i don't know why it was so bad but it hurts he it felt i'm sorry but it felt like he was like ripping me apart and i was screaming like my back was arched up and this nurse i was holding his hand and he was like oh i think we might need to give her pain meds first and he stopped he's like do you want me to try again i'm like no well he tried two times already and then he said do you want me to try again and i said well what choice do i have you have to and he said, well, we can give you something for it. And I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> I said, well, what can you give me? He's like, well, we can give you this medicine, blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what it was. And he's like, or we can give you the epidural now. And I'm like, that. <laughs> Just keep going. I didn't know you could do that. 
I never heard of that in my entire life. And I'm like, yeah. So I get the epidural and then they do a shift change and then there's a new woman in town. No, but she gives me a cervical exam. Don't feel a thing. Don't feel anything, period. Don't feel labor. The uh, anesthesiologist, chef's kiss. I'm like, (laughs) who is this man? This man deserves a medal. I've heard of some people saying they feel it on one side or the other or it wears off, blah, blah, blah. I felt nothing. Oh, you're so funny. Yeah, mine wore off on one side. So oh, My pushing fun. felt like I kind of had to poop. Mm-hmm. And then he came out. But guess what? I was unaware because I didn't feel anything. <laughs> Tore so badly. Oh, God. <laughs> it was a third degree tear. And you're, it only goes to four degrees. You're selling this to all the women out there who have never had children. My perineum, let me tell you. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> labor was, I was most afraid of labor, okay? That part was totally fine. I wake up the next day. Well, didn't really wake up. I get up to mm-hmm. go to the bathroom the next day. And oh my God, the worst pain I've ever felt from the tear. Well, yeah. Oh my God. And then the week after, man, that tear. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I can't you. imagine a C-section if a tear was that bad. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I just have one hole. That's, that's how I felt. And this is so gross, but I'm just telling everybody. Sure my are. first bowel movement. You are telling More painful than labor. Really? They were you don't me, have to elaborate, but. That was, okay, if you're listening and you plan on having a baby, take a ton of Miralax before your first poop, Okay. <laughs> I'm taking it now every day. And after I was chugging it because I'm like, I can't do this again. Oh, my no. God. The baby's great. The tear was awful. Are you going to have more children? I don't know. I don't know. It's been hard. So postpartum was god awful. And It's I've, not over. Oh, it's I'm still. You're yeah. still in it. Oh, my. The first week I hear about the baby blues. And I guess I just thought it was when I don't know. I had a different opinion of what I thought. Your hormones are crazy. And yeah. I didn't understand that that meant crying constantly at random things. Yeah. Everything made me cry. I would just start sobbing for no reason. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm so sad. I couldn't watch like anything on TV. It made me too sad. I was just watching the British Bake Off because couldn't handle anything on TV. We started watching Yellowstone, talked about this on Patreon. The animal dying in the first episode. I was hysterical. I'm like, I felt like I was never going to get out of that. It was so bad. Gets better, but I'm still, now I'm in the newborn stage where he doesn't sleep. So (laughs) I'm like, people have to forget. They have to block this out. But when, when we mothers of 10 year olds see you in the trenches, like you are now, it slowly comes back. Oh, I should. And we're like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember when that happened. Oh, Today was my first bath since today we're recording on a Thursday, maybe Monday, but I don't know for sure. (laughs) It will get better. And who cares? As long as your mental health is good and the baby's fed, it doesn't matter if you bathe every day. It doesn't matter. Oh, for real. The first, and I was not, my, I was just peeing myself. I was so scared. I told Samuel today or yesterday, I was so scared that I was just going to pee myself for the rest of my life every time. Well, (laughs) And don't even get me started on breastfeeding. 
oh my God, that's hard. <laughs> is there anything that, and this is the last thing I'm going to ask you, Ugh. is there anything that you wish someone would have, just one thing that someone would have told you or warned you about in this newborn stage? Is there anything that you're like, nobody told me that I wish I would have known? I guess I just, I thought labor would be the worst, hardest part. Mm -hmm. And that was the easiest part. Yeah. And postpartum with a newborn. So freaking hard. It's not really necessarily I wish someone told me. I just didn't know how hard it would be. People told you, but you didn't grasp it. I didn't understand. It's hard to understand it, I guess, until you're in it. But Samuel only got two weeks of leave. Uh Uh-huh. He needed more. That's just unacceptable. (laughs) The healthcare system. And he works for a freaking hospital. He had to take one of his weeks was vacation. So he got one week of paternity leave. Some people don't even get it. So he's lucky oh, he for got real. that much. And I'm like waddling around, taking care of a crying baby, feeling like, I don't even know, like I just have to. You're good. <laughs> I have my six-week checkup next week. So uh, yeah, we'll see if they say I can work out. Did you make any New Year's resolutions? Um, Kind of. My resolution was to, so I have a habit tracker was to do that each month. And I can change the habits. Like I have floss every day. I forgot yesterday. But other than that, I've done it the other three days. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really doing well. Uh, I mean, just small stuff like that. I can't even journal. I have a one line a day journal. I'm trying to remember like stuff Anders does or, you know, jot down little things like how much he weighed at his office, you know, visit or... He smiled a little today or whatever. I joined CrossFit. No. Did CrossFit this morning (laughs) and I am just not. I'm sure we have a lot of CrossFit listeners. It's maybe not for me. It's intense. It's a lot. I need a Zumba class. That's more my stuff. I need like a Whitney Houston remix and a box and like a colorful leotard and only women. Yeah. Look, Sergio has a class. Oh, my God. I need to do his. This is evening, though, but it's like once a week on like a Monday, Tuesday, See, Wednesday. I don't remember. I don't, I'll have to ask him. I think I would enjoy more of that than like oh, for sure. hitting shit with a sledgehammer. No offense. If I'm mad, tire, maybe. I don't know. No, I mean, I, it's, I, it's it, was, it was an extreme hard thing for me to yeah. do. And maybe if mm. I stick to my resolution and I get a fit and healthy lifestyle, it will be better. But yeah, I can barely do a jumping jack. Starting out, (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I don't know about all this. But I'm proud of me for going. My sister went with me. We're going again in the morning. We have to get up at 4.30 a.m. No way. I'll be up in solidarity, but (laughs) not exercising. I'll just be in my bed on my phone sending memes to people. That's what I'm while I'm feeding a baby. Um... I don't know. I didn't. Ugh. I just, that really, I mean, I feel like that's everybody's is like a fitness goal. Mm-hmm. Um, cook more at home. I made that resolution. Stop eating out so much because yeah. I do that. I do that a lot too. Literally sometimes three meals a day. Um, read more. That's a good one. I read, I think, 15 books last year. I want to read more than that this year. Yeah. I've um, gotten really bad since we started this podcast yeah. because we research so sure. much and we read stuff well, not I, for fun so much i read a lot of like 
autobiographies mm-hmm. and stuff, which I like. I love a memoir. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily true crime stuff, but yeah. I'm just exhausted from reading yeah, and exactly. researching that yeah. I just fall out in the bed. Yeah. But someone was telling me at work that they were talking to some people and some of these people were saying they read 65 books last year. How? I have a lot of book bookie people on my Instagram and they were posting theirs and Oh That's my like god, they read so over much. A book a week. I don't know how they do it. How do, do you it. do that? I don't know. And some of these people have kids. I can I'm doing good. I start I'm, I'm going to read one chapter a night. Mm-hmm. That's not That was a goal I have yeah. in my habit tracker 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Of whatever, 10 minutes or a chapter whatever happens right. first. Um I'm trying to think of what else. Just move more, eat less. I have a for January pelvic floor exercises. <laughs> And yeah, you do. <laughs> I was working out right before mm-hmm. I really got found out I was pregnant yeah. and stuff and hadn't worked out since April. And let me tell you, that makes such a difference. I was doing just tiny little exercises, huffing and puffing. I do that now. Oh, my gosh. And this is my second week. I However, started last week. Listen to me now. I'm not... That last week time we recorded, I was like, oh, I could barely read a sentence. I sounded like I was dying. <laughs> well. I was struggling. I have missed recording. Oh, me too, um, actually. I was ready to pick it back up. Me too. I've been isolated and lonely. <laughs> and a shameless plug here, but. Yes. Guys, buy us a cocktail. Lacey can drink now. I can drink now. I haven't drank much because I am still breastfeeding. Well, we're not going to get you but drunk. But I definitely have drank a little bit. We need a welcome back cocktail. Welcome back. For sure. Lacey welcome needs back. a mommy, mom some mom juice. Um, Have you drank yet? Yes. My mom came the third week after and stayed when Samuel went back to work to help me out. And we went out for dinner at Reduno and I had a cocktail. And then <laughs> I had a big gap, and then for New Year's Eve, I had two cocktails. <laughs> so I've been really crazy. Well, you're not. <laughs> no, yeah. You're not. Yeah. It starts slow. Yeah. It starts, it starts slow. slow. But while we were on our break, we got new patrons, and we also got cocktails, and I'm going to list those. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Let me, yeah. let me hear this. So we have Suzanne S. From Germany. Shut up. And she's been DMing us some wacky stories. I've been so behind on replying to people. But thank you, Suzanne. That's really cool. And I mailed you some stickers. It'll probably take a while to get there because it's Germany. (laughs) That's awesome. But hopefully in a few weeks. Thank you, Suzanne. And we have Felicia R. from North Carolina. I didn't add her pin yet. I was like, I don't see it. We needed more North Carolina Yeah, we do. Because I'm – I don't – I don't know. I live there. I feel like people should like that about me. <laughs> like, come on. Do I not have friends there? Lord. You've not made an impression. Apparently not. On the Tar Hill State. I know. <laughs> and we have Cody D, who we know and love in Little Rock. Welcome, Cody. Welcome. Can't wait to talk to you it's about exciting. everything going on. I know. We when love you him. do my he hair next. A shirt. I mean, he's rocking it. Yeah. He's rocking it. Thank you. He's getting all caught up. He started from the beginning and will text me just random shit we've said. I didn't know he was into true crime. I laugh so hard because I'm like, oh my God, I forgot (laughs) we said that. Or he'll mention something that's so funny and I don't know exactly what case he's talking about. So So few people we know in real life listen to us that I forget any, like. Yeah. That's so funny. And Alex. Alex listens to us. Oh, for sure. 
half half of our friends are like, oh, <laughs> I didn't remember that. you did a podcast. <laughs> Ew, what are podcasts? No. Thank you, Cody. You're the best. And we got birthday cocktails for you. <gasps> yeah. Girl, we yeah. need to be drinking right now. I I'm going to need to put this baby down and I on need Wednesdays. To start, I'm going to have to do my, remember when I made those Instagrams yes. of me, lives of me, I'm going to have the baby be on. Well, you know what? We Let's know hope he's I don't not spill drinking. anything on his head because I've been getting bagel crumbs on him every morning. I'm so sorry. So one was from Anonymous. Okay. We, we don't we know you, but Anonymous. thank you. Thank you. We, our newer patron, Keely, got you a cocktail. Thanks. And Mo bought you a few who we know from Kickball. (gasps) Yes. Does he listen to this? Yes. Or was that because I posted? Well, thanks, Mo. That's awesome. Thank you. And Kelly B. So you got some birthday love. Listen, I got four cocktails I need to be drinking on. You do. You do. I'm going to need you to step your game up on Wednesdays. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'm I'm coming back slow, but I promise. I promise there'll be cocktails in the future. And speaking of Keely, she sent me the sweetest gift. So she also has a newborn. And she was talking about how, I can't remember. I think it's knitting, not crocheting. Sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head. But she does this while she's holding the baby and stuff. I wish I had a hobby that was productive but (laughs) while I'm sitting. But she sent me the cutest baby blanket for Anders. Is that the blanket That that he's in the picture with? No, okay. it's a so it's a small little baby blanket that's blue and white. Okay. It's on my couch right now, but it's okay. so cute. That's very sweet. It's adorable, and it looks like totally professional. I'm like, you need to sell these. I love a baby blanket, oh, it's a homemade one. And I'm seriously, it's so good. It looks like it was purchased somewhere, and you will keep that forever. Oh, it's so sweet, and it's little. You know, Aww. I put it over him on his little car seat today while I was carrying him around because he's good in that. So. <laughs> Oh man, I was taking a bath and put him in that because I'm like, look, I have mama's got to get clean. We've got stinky. We've got to get you a, a bouncy. Oh, for sure. And we got a ton of emails of case suggestions, wacky stories. Greatly appreciate that. I've got to get all those in order because we've been getting them, and I'm this like, is, oh my god, this is what you can. Emails. This is what you can be doing. This is my hobby now. When you're holding <laughs> your baby on your baby Bjorn. Yeah, we love getting emails. We need more wacky stories. For sure. We got a lot of good case suggestions. Your, Love that. Your, your wacky personal wacky stories. stories. What's yes. something? Tell me about your wacky labor where you. No. We love a labor story. <laughs> tell me a labor story. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you watched anything since you've been yeah. up? Actually, today I finished. There's a new Twilight Zone. <gasps> a newer one by. What's it on? Uh, I watched it on Freebie, I think. Yeah, I watched that. No, no, no. I've never heard of it. And Tubi. I watched the shit out of Tubi. Tubi has a ton of movies on it. And it's free. It's by, um, Jordan Key? Or is it, oh my God. Anyway. Is it Jordan Peele? Oh my God. I watched Key and Peele and I get their last names confused. It's the one that made us and, um, I can't remember, Get Out. But anyway, it was, it's a few years old, but I watched all of those. They're good. We're watching Yellowstone, Samuel and I together, and I didn't think I was going to like it, but we're on season three. I'm into it. I can't even remember what else I've watched. We watched that Squid Games reality show. Oh, my gosh. Got into that. What about you? What have you been watching? Um, I watched... 
I binged because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. School Spirits. Hmm. It just came to that. Netflix, but it's been on, I think, Prime. Okay. Girl, it is so good. Now it's a new show. Don't even tell Sam. Don't even tell him. You can watch know, it without him. I know, because he's so slow about no, shows. No, no, you can I'm watch it without him. So it is about this girl who dies at school. And so her spirit is trapped at school. And she's trying to figure out who killed her and what, why, and hmm. what happened, how she died. But there's all these other people, teenagers and teachers, who have died at the school and their spirits are stuck there too. What a terrible place to So it's called School Spirits. And they're from different times. It's like there's a girl from the 60s, a boy from the 80s that died on the football field, her from nowadays, a teacher from the 70s. It's like all these different spirits and they're trying to help her figure out. It's not like... Is it scary, a drama, comedy? Like what kind of... It's kind of... Did you watch that... Oh gosh, it's it's a series. It's just one season, and I think there may be eight episodes, and they're like an hour long. It's not. It's got funny parts in it, mm-hmm, okay. and it's lighthearted. Okay, but they're trying to figure out, and she's got quirky friends, and they're trying to solve okay. this mystery. I, I think I get the yeah. It's cute and fun. Max loved it. Max watched it with mm-hmm. me. It's not heavy. There's not a lot of vulgar language. There's no like nudity or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. good. Which I usually love, but <laughs> you're like, which meh, <laughs> meh, yeah. pass, but <laughs> um, and oh my gosh! So the week my mom was here, and she probably will not like me outing her. She didn't want anyone to know she watched this on Hulu. We watched all of the Kardashians, the new Kardashians. I've not watched any of that I've since never, like 2000. I've never seen. Keeping, I've never kept up with the Kardashians. No, I'm still not like a fan. No. But there's something about how ridiculous they are. They really are. It's too much for me. I don't love it. It was a good but I love show housewife. that was like, you didn't have to care about. It right. wasn't drawn. You're not it missing wasn't anything. dark and yeah, yeah. It wasn't a drama I had to follow. It was just like, yeah. oh my God, look at the. <laughs> that was a guilty pleasure. I watched a lot of. Uh, I've watched every single documentary I could find on the Kennedys. Mm. Oh. Which I've seen a lot of them before, but mm-hmm. I rewatched them. And then we went to Dallas um, the weekend of Christmas. We got back nice. Saturday. We took Max down there for Cowboys football camp at the stadium, which was awesome. It looked cool. It was really cool. He got to play on the field, and they had it all painted up for the cotton bowl. So it was really cool. But while he was at camp... Um, we went to Bishop Arts District, hmm. um, which was a really neat area, and day drank and shopped, and there is the house that Lee Harvey Oswald lived in at the time of Kennedy's assassination, yeah. and you can go there. Oh. And there's like a mural that someone painted of him and you could go there. So we went and did all that stuff. That's also cool. day drinking and shopping. That sounds fun too. And then I ran into a scavenger hunt. There were people in <laughs> there were people in pajamas like during the day. This is a Friday. It's like I love one it. o'clock in the afternoon. In like interesting. 
you know, like the onesies, pajamas, yeah. and they're running around and they're all, you know, running around that pins and all the things. That. Yes. And I jokingly was like, come on, Christmas PJs. And they're like, you. I'm like, oh, oh God. No, they're like, about. were you born in December? And I was like, yes. How random. And they're like, what day? And I was like, the 13th. And they're like, stop. So they're like marking off and they're like, can we get a picture with you? And they took their picture with me because they needed, I guess they needed somebody with a birthday on the 13th because the birthday girl's birthday was on the 13th (gasps) and someone born in the month of December. Man. So, because it was a Christmas themed. So, they're like, man, two and one. That's awesome. I'm like, I'm going with you guys. I love a scavenger hunt. (laughs) The one you planned that one time was so fun. It was super fun. Love it. I love it. I love a scavenger hunt too. That's fun. Anyways, I'm about to start the movie or the show Fargo. I was about to say, I'm watching the new season of that. I'm just season. like an episode behind. I've not seen any of it. Oh, Cody so good. told me to watch it. Fargo's amazing. I'm going to watch it. So The accents, the people, the Yeah, actors. that's right. On the Patreon, you talk about how you love oh, their yeah. accents. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, betcha. Anyways, next betcha week. betcha boots. Next week, we're in Hawaii. Yes, we not are. Not literally, I wish. I was about to say, man, well, I wish no, we, were in we won't. After I tell you my story, oh, yeah, you, you'll be glad we're I here. I won't fly to Hawaii. At no, least. don't Ooh. give my story away. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, we have a new Patreon episode out. The one we promised you guys in November. We, yes, we, didn't we did. Lie. It. We did it. We did it. So it's it's going to be up soon. And we got a new one for January. We're going to record in a few weeks. It's. Family curses. Family curses. I haven't found mine yet, but I really like that. We're on a little family kick. Yeah. If you have a family curse, tell us. We said that in the Patreon Please. episode, but like, even if you're not a patron, we tell us know. about your family's curse. And what did your family do to get cursed? Well, sometimes you don't know. Did sometimes you, you it? Sometimes you have a weird uncle that you don't know about that was a really bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's true. Or maybe your mom. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, and along the same lines as Fargo, I think it's on the same channel, Murder at the End of the World. Yes. I've been watching that. Yeah, I've been watching it too. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like it. I'm behind a few episodes. Even though it's snowy and cold, I want to go to Iceland. Well, Iceland isn't snowy and cold. Greenland is. That, that's where they, it is also snowy and well, cold. Well, there's places. <laughs> where they are, it's freaking snowy yeah, and cold. there are places in Iceland that are snowy and cold. I want to go to Reykjavik. It's not crazy expensive to go there. No, it's not. And they have hot springs in they the snow. They have hot springs an hour from here, girl. But they're inside in a bathhouse. I'm not doing that. I have z- It's got to be outside. I have zero desire to go. Okay. A no. hot spring in the snow with beautiful mountains everywhere. Northern lights above your head. I'd be so bored. Oh, my gosh. I'd be gosh. like, when did the boys get here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to go. Oh, and by the way, this is funny because... Can I just say the two things I get so much in the DMs of correcting us? It's not about cases. It's about the first of all the way I pronounced freaking Amarillo. I, I get Amarillo? it. Amarillo. Amarillo. And I'm still gonna say Amarillo because that's just the way I freaking say it. Kind of like I don't know if it's El Dorado or El Dorado, Arkansas. I think that's interchangeable. Well, that's how I feel about. Amarillo. Well, you're wrong. I want to say Amarillo. I just like the way that sounds better. I know. I know I say it wrong. And the wacky about the turtle in the bar got so many messages. It's a tortoise. <laughs> and and we, Okay. 
We know, we but know. at the same time, we just say turtle. And I get it. They're totally different. We know. They're totally different. We know. We know. We know. I appreciate it. But we know. We can stop hearing about those now, those corrections. We know. We appreciate it. <laughs> We're sorry we misspeak. I'm, I'm gonna, still going to be like this giant turtle. I know. I'm sorry. There's just certain things like I'm going to say stuff wrong, even if I'm not trying to. I don't know. It's a, I'm going to blame my accent. Your, it's my it's accent. Your Minnesota accent. It's my Minnesota accent. <laughs> One time at a bar, this has been a few years, someone came up to me and goes, are you from Wisconsin? She's like, oh, I was just listening to you talk. And I'm like, girl, girl I don't know what part of Wisconsin you've been in. She had too many fireball shots because I'm there's like, no yeah. way you sound like you're from the north. I'm three states down from Wisconsin. No way. No way. You're more than that. No, you are. You're three states down. I got more Southern, though, when I came back. I'm telling you, you, my accent, depending on who I'm around, the more Southern, the more. I feel like people definitely bring accents out in people. And like family members that have, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. they really, it brings out the cornbread out my mouth. (laughs) It really does. We gotta go. We do. All right. Bye. Bye.